Welcome to Daring to Live by Every Word. My name is Melody Mason, and in this podcast, we will be learning how we can apply God's Word in practical and relevant ways to our daily life. As I've heard it said, it's not about how many scriptures you know, but how many you live that really matter. So grab your Bible and join me on this exciting journey. As we begin this series, Daring to Live by Every Word, I think it's very important that I share a little bit of my background and my story so that you can see that, well, I'm a real person, just like all of you, on my journey and my quest to have a deeper walk with God and a deeper understanding of His Word. To be honest, my walk with God actually started at a pretty young age. I was very blessed to be raised in a Christian home with parents that genuinely loved Jesus. And I saw uh, their relationship with God. Uh, We had family worships together. I saw my parents praying together. I saw answers to prayer. Uh, we, We studied the Bible and sang songs together. And it was very beautiful. And I knew for myself that they served a genuine a genuine um, God, that they had a genuine relationship with God. And I saw how they gave and so selflessly to anyone that was in need and what a blessing that was. However, as I, as I grew up, I didn't always see that same genuine faith in God in the church. And going to church was a struggle for me, even though I was raised in the faith community. Um, I, I remember reading some of the stories of Christian pioneers from the past and looking at at the church around me and thinking, you know, do we serve the same God? Is he real and alive today? Uh, But somehow I just praise the Lord that even though I struggled um, with the church and I struggled seeing the vibrant life in the church that I felt like it should have, Uh, I didn't walk away from the church, but I continued to seek God and and grow. And I gave my life to Jesus when I was about 12 years old and made the decision to become baptized. And that was when things really uh, began to take off for me. But even in those young years, I have to say, I still didn't really understand what it was like to have a deep um, living experience with Jesus. Of course, as a child, you might say, well, how could you understand that? You were so young. Yeah, and that's part of it as well. But it was a it was a growing process and and looking back, I've really come to realize that I was I was raised probably like many of you were in the Church of Laodicea. You know, the modern day Church of Laodicea where we're rich and increased with goods and and feel like we have need of nothing, but actually the Bible tells us we're poor and blind and naked. So I was in the church and I was I was one of those good kids, you know. Uh, one of those role models, always looking the best and doing what was right. And, and I don't feel like it was in hypocrisy either. Like I was genuinely seeking uh, to follow God. And when I was quite young, even in high school, I got involved in missions. And I had many amazing adventures traveling here and there around the world, um, serving God, all for the for the sake of serving God. But I have to say, 
that I still did not really understand what it meant to have a deep, vibrant walk with God. And something was missing. You know, interestingly, I, I began to watch different Christians around me and those that had come into the faith, uh, maybe that hadn't grown up in a Christian home and been blessed with a Christian home like I was, and I would see how excited they were and how on fire they were when they when they came to Jesus and, and repented and confessed their sins and, and became part of the body of faith. And sometimes I was envious of the joy that I saw in their lives and and, you know, I knew the truth of the gospel. I knew that Jesus died for me on the cross and, and that he washed away my sins. And I had confessed and, and asked God to forgive me of my sins. And, of course, I continued to do so as I continued to walk with God. But still, in my heart, I felt like something was missing and like I didn't truly understand the power of the cross personally. You know, like I could see uh, Christ on the cross dying for me. And I knew that, that Jesus had forgiven me, but I didn't really understand personally what did that mean for me personally. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't like a bad person. I wasn't off doing the wild things that, that many in the world uh, do or have done. And so I didn't recognize my great need. But you know, God has a way of humbling us and he has a way of allowing us to come to see our great need and especially allowing us to see our pride and the pride that holds us back from him. And as time went on, you know, like I said, I was I was a Christian role model and I was involved with a lot of leadership spiritually when I was in high school and afterwards leading scripture memory programs and and speaking and doing mission trips all over the world and many different things. And, and people would come to me, you know, my friends would come to me uh, when they had struggles or problems because they knew, well, Melody would have the answer. But God began to show me, you know, the pride of my own heart and my self-sufficiency and, and my need for more of him. So as, as time went on, I began praying a very, very strange prayer. And I challenge you to pray this prayer if you never have. And that prayer was, Lord, show me the cross personally. Show me what it means personally that you were wounded and put on the cross and that you died for my sins. Show me my need because I really don't feel it as I should and it doesn't really break and pierce my heart as as it should. I just kind of feel numb to the cross. I mean, I'm grateful for you, Lord, and I'm grateful for what you've done and that you died to save me, but make it personal. Well, that's a dangerous prayer to pray because that's exactly what God did. But he had to allow me to be broken before he could truly, truly show me a glimpse of the cross. So I went through a very difficult experience that really, really broke me. And I'm not going to share that testimony here. We'll save that for another time. But basically came to rock bottom uh, in my life. Um, came to a point where I was so discouraged. I didn't even want to live. Uh, I was so discouraged. I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to read my Bible. And I recognized um, through that broken experience what God had really done for me personally. And that's when I believe my journey really began to take off with him. 
is I realized that he came to save me. I had nothing of myself to give him. There was nothing good within me. It didn't matter that I had won awards, that I had been a spiritual leader, that I had been a, a sought after, you know, a person in the spiritual realm with ministry uh, as a teenager and as a young person. None of those things mattered. What mattered is, is that he died. Jesus died to save me and to cleanse me from my sins. And it was personal. And I recognized that all that I had to give him was just filthy rags, you know, just filthy rags. Isaiah 64 uh, verse 6 says, all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. And that is the truth. doesn't matter who we are, uh, where we've been, how good we've been, or how bad we've been. Anything that we have to author, uh, anything that we have to offer God is just filthy rags. And I had nothing good to give him, but he had everything to give me. And he wanted to clothe me with his righteousness. He wanted to cover me with his perfect, spotless robe of righteousness and make me clean. And not only save me and forgive me and cleanse me, but give me a new vibrant life with him. One of my favorite uh, Bible verses comes from John 10, 10. And it says, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and life more abundantly. And wow, what an abundant life he has given. But I have to say, uh, it hasn't been easy. And it had to, I had to experience that breaking process before I really uh, began to start the deeper journey. You know, uh, the enemy is seeking to destroy our faith. He's seeking to rob us of joy. He's seeking to rob us of hope. And he does that in any way possible. But praise the Lord, uh, with Jesus, we have a victor that's already won the battle on our behalf. We have a Savior who fights for us, and he is our advocate. And there is hope for a new life, not just a life in the spiritual wilderness, but a genuine life following Jesus. And wow, that's the, that's the beginning of my story. And it has never been the same since. I praise the Lord for that. In Jeremiah 33, verse 3, the Bible tells us, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I love that promise. You know, God wants to do above and beyond all that we can ask or think in our lives. Well, I want to share a story with you that had a really profound influence in my life as I was really beginning to dare to ask for more in my daily walk with Jesus. This story occurred about 300 BC, that means before Christ, and uh, many of you I know are familiar with the name Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great was a mighty conqueror that lived before the time of Christ and conquered all of the then known world, and he's said to have cried because there were no more worlds to conquer. He's also known as being a compassionate ruler, and as the story goes, uh, once a year, he would invite different subjects from his kingdom, kind of randomly, and they could come and they could ask him for whatever they wanted. Now, some would come and ask him for money for food, and some would ask for an education for their children, or maybe for uh, money for some medical bills, or different things like that. 
But one year, a man came forward with a different request and he began speaking to the spokesman for the king. And he told him, he says, tell the king that I want a palace and I want it to be fully furnished. And well, immediately the spokesman cut him off laughing. <laughs> you can't ask for a palace. Who do you think you are? Look at what these other men and women around here are asking for. Money for food and clothes and things like that. And you're asking for a palace? I don't think so. But the young man persisted. Yes, please tell the king that I want a palace. And I have lots of friends. I would like it to be uh, fully furnished with a large banquet hall prepared with plenty of food. And he continues. Well, the spokesman was really laughing now. And, and, and not just laughing, but he was getting a little irritated at this young man. Well, the king was a little ways away, sitting on his throne at a distance. And he says to the spokesman, what is the man asking for? Well, the spokesman came forward sheepishly and he whispered in the, in the king's ear. He says, this man is asking for a palace. And I told him he can't ask for a palace. I, I told him this is ridiculous, but he persists and he wants it to be fully furnished. And he has lots of friends and he's asking for a full banquet hall prepared with lots of food. Well, the king sat up a little straighter in his chair as he thought for a moment, and then he smiled and he looked directly at the young man and he says, request granted. Well, the spokesman was astounded and he says, how can you grant such a request when all these other people are asking for this and that and you're going to give this man a palace? The king smiled and he says, you know, you see what these others are asking me for? They, they don't need a king to supply these things. Anyone that had a little extra means could have, could help them, you know, in their time of need. But this man makes me feel like the king that I truly am because only I can grant his request. I love that story because, you know, we don't just serve an earthly king. We serve the king of the universe. He tells us in Jeremiah 32, 17, that he has stretched out the heavens by his great power. There's nothing too hard for him. And I love the promise of Ephesians 3, 20, that says now unto him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. You know, my friends, God has so much in store, so much more in store for each one of us than we can possibly imagine. And you can see why this specific story had such an impact in my own life, because it showed me I need to ask for more. You know, God doesn't mind when I pray and ask that he helps me find my keys. He doesn't mind when I ask him to help me pay my bills. He cares about those details of our lives but he wants us to ask for more. And that has truly become the theme of my life. And I'm still even more today um, asking that he will do more in my life. And I hope that this will be your prayer as well. There's a lot more that I could share about my testimony you know, as God began taking me deeper in my personal walk with him, I began spending hours kneeling over my Bible in the morning, 
in my bed with tears coming down my face as I was reading God's word and saying, Lord, I want to go deeper. Make this real in my life. Teach me what it means to walk with you. Teach me how to pray. Teach me how to seek you. I didn't know how to do that really genuinely, but God began to teach me and what a beautiful experience it was and that it continues to be even today. Uh, At the time I uh, was graduating from college, I became a registered nurse and was beginning to work in in the medical field. But as I began seeking God in a new and a deeper way, he began showing me that he had another ministry for me. And so after about eight years working as a nurse and even doing some travel nursing um, and, and having amazing experiences, even as a nurse, in fact, I remember when God really was taking me deeper in my personal relationship with him and just praying, Lord, teach me how to be a nurse uh, that really makes a difference, not just taking care of people's wounds and broken bodies and all of that, but that I can be a minister, you know, of reconciliation for you, mending broken hearts and, and just pointing people to you. And I kind of broke all the all the rules of nursing, you know, when we're in the hospital system, we're told, you know, you're not supposed to witness, you're not supposed to talk about your faith, and you're not supposed to talk about politics. Well, I didn't have much to say about politics, because that's never been something that uh, interested me. But I did have much to say about my faith. And every one of my patients, I began asking, you know, can I pray for you? Uh, Can I minister to you? And God began opening doors. And I even saw some of my patients give give their heart and their life to Jesus. And what a thrilling experience that was. And began to see miracles. Uh, happening in my own personal life and ministry and many answered prayers. And I was experiencing for myself that the the God of the Bible really is real and true, and he wants to do a deeper work with each one of us. And so uh, the doors uh, began to open for ministry opportunities. That's another story, and I'll share more of that at a at a later time. But God began opening the doors for me to travel and, and speak and share in churches and uh, especially with prayer ministry and man, what a, what a, what a thrilling uh, adventure I began to have with Jesus as I just kept walking forward. I ended up walking away uh, from the medical field and, and just going into full-time ministry. And for an, a number of years, actually, it was faith ministry. I didn't always know where uh, the bills were going to be paid or how they were going to be paid, but I knew that God was calling me to serve him. And God provided. And I I just experienced for myself, you know, that when he calls us forward in faith, we can trust him. We can trust that he says that our needs will be taken care of. You know, he tells us in Matthew 6, 33, seek, uh, seek the kingdom first, you know, seek the kingdom of heaven first. And all these things will be added unto you. And it's true. It's true, my friends. When we seek him first, he'll take care of the other details. We don't have to worry, you know, about how we're going to eat or or how we're going to have our bills paid or how we're going to be clothed or any of those things. If we seek him first, he will provide. He he takes care of his children. And so I've experienced that in very, very real ways and tangible ways. Because, of course, God knows that we have tangible needs. We live in a real world. But he wants our hearts and he wants our allegiance and he wants us Uh, to truly seek him first. And so uh, what an amazing journey it has been uh, over the last, it's been about 
almost 10 years, 10 years ago that I stopped working as a nurse and went into full-time ministry. And so it hasn't been forever. I'm still very new in this journey, but God has brought me a long ways and he is continuing to grow me. Hasn't been all easy. I've been through some real challenging times. It hasn't been like he's handed, handed me one answer prayer after another on a silver platter. There's been some disappointments and heartache uh, throughout my story. But even in the midst of those times, God's been showing me in a very real way uh, that he's faithful, even in the middle of the story, even when I don't understand what he's doing, even when I don't always understand his ways, uh, he's faithful and he's good. And he tells us in Psalms eighty four eleven, you know, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And I've experienced that in my own life. So there's much more uh, to my story that I'd like to share. I will do a longer version later, um, you know, just to kind of sum things up. Uh, and in short, I'm a country girl from the Ozarks of Arkansas and just an ordinary girl, just an ordinary uh, person. But I have come to believe that I serve an extraordinary God. And you serve an extraordinary God too. And he says, if we seek him with all of our heart, we will find him. And so I just want to challenge you uh, today to seek the Lord with all of your heart and not to let go. Don't let there be anything between you and him. Ask him to search your heart. You know, as, as we're told in Psalms 139, 23 and um, 24, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I want to encourage you uh, wherever you are in your journey, again, it doesn't matter where you've come from, uh, where you've been, what's happened to you, what you've done. If you seek the Lord, he will answer. He will be found of you. Uh, John six thirty seven says that he will never turn away the person that seeks him. The person that comes to him will always find an open door and and a Savior that's just waiting to embrace you in his arms of love. But we have to seek him and, and we have to ask him to, to cleanse us and to search our hearts and, and to help us be uh, the Christians that he's calling us to be. Obviously, we're living in a world in crisis and we've experienced that crisis in our own home and in our own family and in our own community. Uh, we've lost members in our church due to covid and watched others suffer. And it's not an easy time and an easy day that we're living in. But we serve a God that still sits on the throne and he is in control. And I know that he's working, you know, what the enemies meant for evil in our lives. God has promised to turn to good. He has promised to do that. And so we can trust him. Anyway, this testimony will be continued a longer version at a later time. I'm recording this uh, first podcast on my phone, and so the audio is not the best, and I'm not the most techie, but I will make my next recording uh, when I get some better audio equipment with my computer. So stay tuned for that, and thanks again um, for joining this first podcast and for sharing it. I just want you to know that we serve an amazing God and he's faithful. He can be trusted and he always honors his word. I'm going to say a, a, a brief prayer. Bow your heads with me if you would. Dear Jesus, 
I just thank you for uh, the opportunity to minister to my brothers and sisters around the world via this podcast. It's been a little scary to get the, the process started. I've been thinking and dreaming for a little while, especially with everything going on with COVID, that maybe there's some new ways that you want me to reach out and minister. And so, Father, um, this this message is 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 far inadequate to what really should be said and shared of the majesty and glory of who you are and what you want to do in each one of our lives. But I'm just pleading that your Holy Spirit will still speak through this message, uh, despite its um, inadequacies, despite the feebleness of the speaker, despite the the technical flaws and the lack of good quality recording. Lord, I'm I'm still still praying that this message will reach someone today that is in need and hungry and thirsty and maybe just looking for that hope. Lord, I just thank you that you've given us hope in, hope in your word and, and hope in our Savior that when we call upon you, you will answer. In fact, you, you've answered even before we called just by drawing us to you. So thank you, Lord, for who you are. We love you and we praise you. Um, that this is just the beginning of an even more amazing journey with you. Amen. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Daring to Live by Every Word. Dear friend, our Heavenly Father is just waiting to make His forever home with you In John 14, 23, Jesus says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. In Revelation 3, 20, we are told, He is standing at the door, knocking. My prayer is that you will not delay another day, but open the door of your heart to Jesus right now. For more information on how to grow your walk with Jesus, visit daringtolivebyeveryword.com. I will see you next time on the next episode of Daring to Live by Every Word.